what it's like to have everything taken from me. So when Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled, it gets my attention. And I have found out that in all of these things, we can live free from a troubled heart, even though we have many life losses. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope, Through everything, I've come to realize that the only explanation for my life is that there is a God. Life is not mere biology. Life is the presence of God that overcomes a troubled heart. With the challenge of being anxious and troubled, we shouldn't be struggling with something as basic as what it means to see Jesus and to have him live in us. I know what it's like to be homeless and what it's like to not have the strength to take care of my own home, wondering how long before I'll lose that too. I know what it's like to wonder if I'm going to heaven and feeling like it could be very soon that I would find that out. The world will not see me, Jesus said, but you will see me. And because I live, you shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. That was part of what he said about trying to come to grips with having a heart that is so troubled. Today, I think we need a deep paradigm shift away from our materialistic, humanistic understanding of what life itself is. Jesus said, he that believes in me shall never die. Life is not mere biology nor is it defined and qualified by how we feel or what our emotions are dictating. It's not merely homeostasis or the balance of our biological functions to support life. Life is not money or shelter or food or fun or warmth or health, nor is it existence, energy, consciousness, or hope and happiness. Neither is living in this world life. Furthermore, Death doesn't end life. Life destroys death. True life is indestructible. It's eternal. I don't live because of good food, a healthy body, and because I've avoided a bullet. Jesus said life does not consist of the abundance of the things that you possess. I live because of this one thing. Jesus said it. Because he lives, you shall live also. But not everyone has life, just existence, and death can kill existence. Because he lives, I live. If he ceased to live, so would all of us who follow him. In fact, so would the entire world. What if those who don't follow him, what about them? Jesus said, you have no life in you. 
The only explanation for my life is that there is a God. Now, when you know the life that is Jesus, then it's not such a mystery what he has just said when he said, you will see me. How is it that the world won't see you or experience your manifested life, Judas asked. Jesus revealed the key to life itself, love and obedience. The heart that will obey God is the heart that is able to rightly respond to him and to do so from love. Life is intimately connected with love. Respecting and responding to love is a key for the nurturing of true life, the life of Christ. He said, the world doesn't see me, but you will. Thus, the atheist. Throughout the Bible, God has made it clear that a hard heart is blind to God. For if he could see, Jesus taught that he would then turn and he would heal them. But what is it like to see him? For me, it's a little like this. He doesn't come into a room and write some things down and then leave, and later I come in and read what he wrote and try to understand it. No, he and I come into the room together. I see him with my heart, sometimes as if he had appeared in the flesh, and we talk face to face. How? He's in me, and I'm in him. With the challenge of a troubled heart, we shouldn't be struggling with something as basic as what it means to see Jesus and to have him live in us. Heaven considers the spiritual encounter born of faith to be as good as or really much better than eyesight. You can see me, Jesus would tell us. We can see him right now. We don't have to go to heaven to see him. The, the difference between then and now in the respect of sight is very minimal. Just because our eyes can't behold him doesn't mean that all the realities of Jesus being here are diminished. We have to get past the mistaken concept that reality is only that which our eyes can see, our hands can touch, and our ears can hear. Jesus lives in a much higher dimension of reality than mere physical qualities. People can be in the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost and not even know it. Why is it so hard to discern and encounter the glory of God's presence? Often it's not that he isn't there, but we just can't see him. There is a place of faith that rests in great peace. That's a part of the lens of the Lord, so to speak. With purity, obedience, humility, and honesty comes a clear sense of sight. But there is also the place of knowing and believing that Jesus really is in the room with you. The impact of seeing Jesus with the heart is intended to be the same as if he was with you in the flesh. In fact, its result is more so. That's part of the understanding of the greater works in us that he spoke about because he's with the Father and has released the power of God with us. I see myself standing in the holy place waiting to go in and meet with the Father in the Holy of Holies. There, in this Old Testament temple, which is a symbol of what we are now, in the Holy of Holies lies his covenant with me. 
That's my heart. There is where we are to meet. But I'm so unworthy, I say. The penalty for approaching the Father in sin is immediate death. But then in comes a priest with a vase filled with blood. A death has occurred. He then proceeds into the Holy of Holies ahead of me and prepares to pour the blood on the altar of the Ark of God. It's for me, the man says. Someone has died for you, he tells me. As I stand there in the light of the golden candlestick and the bread of the presence resting openly in the basket, I feel the solemnity of that temple wall which seems to exude glory in the dimness. Someone has died today for me. Here's their blood. It should have been mine, but another gave their life in my stead, and I am about to have a meeting with the Ancient of Days, the one who knows each star by name. He's the father of the rain that has just refreshed to the ground, and I'm going in to see him and live. Life is the presence of God. Encountering his glory is encountering life. Knowing life is the only way to comprehend what it means to see Jesus. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then Jesus shows the way that he abides in us and we in him. It's by his word, he says. Embrace it as his life, and the Holy Spirit will make it as real as the sun's warmth. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you want, and it shall be done to you. The key to faith that so many faith preachers either miss or minimize is the need to embrace, to live in, and abide in Christ. It's to live Him, to live in Him, and be in a posture to allow Him to live in us fully. Fully. You might ask, how fully? Until His life is our daily treasure, so that we're not serving the masters of public opinion and money and fun and comfort and material welfare above Jesus. When it's not so, he'll strip us eventually like branches that he said are cast aside and burned. That's the life conflict that visits most all of us. He strips us until either he is all we want or we're dead to him and the world is all we're going after. He says, you've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have ordained you, destined you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit would remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he would give it to you. Live his life and your life will naturally bear the fruit of your life in Christ. It's being in the vine, which is in him, and it naturally bears fruit from the love and the life of his presence. When you're living Christ, your heart will be such that prayer becomes more easily answered. I fear too many people are living their own lives, their own desires, and their own will, and then they struggle if it's the will of God to answer a certain prayer when they have a great need, and they have no idea how to believe God for it and rest 
in his life. They don't realize how to be so content in Jesus that any answer to any other prayers is extremely secondary. Their faith is focused on living Jesus' life, his esteem, his honor, his rest, his courage, his strength. Their faith is focused on living that, not always wanting God to support their earthly life. One of the great revelations of this is Paul's word about simply learning how to be content in whatever situation he was in. Content here means to be independent of external circumstances and thus at peace with one's lot in life at any given time. That's the liberty that Jesus' life brings us as we live in the glory of God. The highest wisdom of God can only be found in His presence. It can't be explained or taught, only experienced. It's beyond the capacity of man, and there He can give more in a moment than in a lifetime of book learning. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. The world will not see me, Jesus said, but you will see me. Because I live, you shall live also. With the challenge of a troubled heart, we shouldn't be struggling with something as basic as what it means to see Jesus and to have him live in us. The impact of seeing Jesus with the heart is intended to be the same as if he was with you in the flesh. In fact, its result is more so.